Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun. It's our weekly podcast featuring in-depth interviews with experts from AccuWeather and from around the world, bringing you behind-the-scenes information, stories, and news on the weather, climate change, and the outdoors, covering topics from the worlds of science, sports, and space. It's all the information you need to weatherproof your life. And now, here's the host of Everything Under the Sun, AccuWeather meteorologist, Dean DeVore. And welcome in, friends. This is episode 10 of our winter series for 2021-2022 here on AccuWeather.com's Everything Under the Sun. It's good to be with you. What a week. I mean, look, we had a relaxation of the intense cold for the Great Lakes and the Northeast, and we certainly have seen a tremendous amount of heat out west. It's going to be affecting folks getting ready for the Super Bowl game being played here on this coming Sunday. But friends, it is going to be topsy-turvy. Another blast of really Arctic air is going to be coming in for the weekend and early next week into the Great Lakes in the Northeast. Could spin up some problems with snow showers in the Great Lakes and even some steadier snow along the eastern seaboard. Bill Dagger will be joining me at the end of the podcast to talk about the weather for the upcoming weekend and week beyond. The first Rays of Focus segment coming up is with our long-range forecasting lead forecaster, Paul Pastelock. He's going to get the spring forecast up and ready for you. Know it's felt like spring in some areas here over the last week or so. Is that going to continue? There's a lot to talk about there. And then also, the those of you who've been really suffering here under some really tough winter weather, a lot of storminess, a lot of problems with snow and ice. I'm sure you've had some damage We've got some tips from folks in the insurance industry to help you kind of sort out how you can make sure that you're being covered for all the things you need to be checking for insurance purposes from winter storm damage and maybe a little think ahead to getting prepared for potential spring weather damage to your home and property. Busy episode ahead. Friends, sit back and relax. It's time to talk about everything under the sun from AccuWeather.com. And in our first Rays of Focus segment here on Everything Under the Sun this week, as we move along through winter, well, first of all, everybody, welcome to Solar Spring. This is the first week of Solar Spring. Sun angle's getting higher. Punxsutawney Phil and the other rodents made their call last week, and so did AccuWeather with the spring forecast coming out. And we joined, uh, we're joined by our lead long-range forecaster, Paul Pasolak, because I think all of us, especially in the Great Lakes Northeast, are so tired of winter now since yeah. we had the flip there in early January. And we've had a tough couple of weeks here, Paul, in parts of the country. We're ready to think spring. And yeah. uh, I'm sure that uh, you're ready to talk about it because I know you poured a lot of time into the spring forecast. And there's some interesting notes, a lot of volatility, a lot of severe weather starting to crop up earlier in places there in the middle of the country. And I think some people in the Northeast may have to prolong their uh, want of spring a little bit, maybe back to the Great Lakes Midwest a little bit. I think uh, winter could linger a little bit longer. Those are the highlights that I read when that spring forecast came out. Did I hit the, the highlights to you? 
Yeah, the uh, I think the groundhog was right for three weeks, not for six weeks. Right. I, I, I mean, some parts of the country are going to have uh, a little bit of a layover here. They're going to it's going to take a while for spring to come in, but for majority of the country, we could be looking at a flip as we head towards the uh, you know a lot of part of February into early into early March, and uh, the models can continue to come in very mild uh, across a good portion of that country country there. So. We're going to see a change. I'm sick of saying cold, cold, cold in every forecast every day. It'd be nice to say, hey, a nice warm up this afternoon in the forecast. And I think it's coming after we get by next week, Dean. I think we got to get by next week. Yeah, there seems to be, as we're recording this part of the podcast midweek, oh, um, yes. we will be talking about uh, this upcoming weekend a little bit later in the podcast with our first, uh, with our last segment, our weather for the weekend and the week beyond. But there's a potential for another coastal system to brew up because as this weekend goes on, there's a lot of cold air that's going to start spilling down first in the central plains through the great lakes. I mean, you're going from a couple of days here in Chicago that hasn't cracked the freezing mark very much in the last five, six weeks. You know, they've been uh, flirting with 40 today. They'll get uh, on Wednesday, another 40 or so day on Friday. And then here comes an avalanche of cold and, they're barely to 20, it looks like, for a couple of days. And that cold air spins down as we get in towards the weekend, Paul. And I know this is that time of year that we got to start watching for these big pushes of cold, stronger signal or some energy in that southern branch for something to spin up uh, more hefty again, like the last big nor'easter that we saw just uh, several weeks ago. Yeah, you're, kind of, you're setting up bigger contrasts and temperatures uh, as we go you know, more and more into uh, solar uh, spring here. So, I mean, you're going to see these bigger systems evolve on the in between of the major cold and the uh, the warming of the south and southeast. So it's only typical that you're going to see those kind of systems evolve here uh, late in the season. And the, the one that's going to get, uh, you know, to the East Coast late this weekend and the start of next week, it, it, you know, it's it's. It's got some troubles. Uh, we're still watching and debating on, you know, how close to the coast is this storm going to be? Uh, there's some things that have to come together. There's like three pieces to the puzzle, kind of similar to the big snowstorm we saw in New England, you know, the start, you know, month was at the end of January. So everything just kind of blends together, Dean. Um, so trust me, I, I know, but no, I know you're one of the, <laughs> that, that, that thing that kind of set the motion for the flip. You're right. At the beginning yeah. of the, at the beginning of the, the early January period. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, we're going to continue to watch it. I still see some cold coming down pretty good across uh, parts of Nebraska and Dakotas and Minnesota, even to later next week, but there's going to be a turn and it's been on our radar for several months that towards the end of February into March that we would see, you know, more and more milder air or at least bigger assertions of milder air ahead of fronts that they overcome the cold. It's been the other way where the cold has overcome the mild warm-ups ahead of systems. So this is going to change, I think, the whole pattern uh, going into late February. And, and we'll see what ends up happening. Who's going to be on the warmest side is going to be the biggest question right now. And then even uh, a little bit later, and we, we've seen this uh, past four or five years at times where, yes, you get that surge as you get into March, but there may be another little rubber band snap back mm -hmm. to some really cold air 
as you get in maybe into the beginning of April. And I can remember where, you know, my crocuses and all my stuff was starting to push up late February, early March because it was so darn warm. And then we get this hard freeze again in, in April, which stunted a lot of stuff. So is that on the radar too? Did I kind of see that as a possibility as we get uh, farther in this winter and getting that would be mostly affecting the Great Lakes into the Northeast? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's on there. And it's and it's been very consistent, even on the modeling, uh, which is surprising. Um, and so I do feel that there's a setback. It could start as early as late March and continue all the way through April. Now, Easter is late, so I'm not sure how far up to Easter this goes, but it does look like there's going to be at least a two-week period where we have systems that come in with some chilly highs. And if you go back, one of our analog years that we used to forecast the spring forecast was 2012. There was an interior northeast snowstorm that took place across New York state up into Canada and laid down some snow, which kept it even chillier for some days after that as well. So right. it's not on the question. You, like you said, it's common and it does show that on the modeling. And we have been focusing on the Northeast and great lakes for that, you know, setback, we call it uh, coming up in April. Places like uh, my friends in Detroit and Chicago, it looks like the warm air, that's a place where the warm air really starts to win out now as we go through the next several weeks towards spring. So bringing more rain events and some thunderstorms up to places like Detroit and, and Chicago. And then just south of that, from the line that goes right, probably Chicago, back through all of Iowa, Indiana, and to most of Ohio, then you go south of that, right along that Mississippi River Valley. And this is where we are looking at an early start and then a lot of strong storms and a lot of repeated downpours so that we've got big risks for flooding in that area as we look at it at AccuWeather, right, Paul? Yeah, here's the setup, Dean. Uh, the, 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 water the water river levels right now are down, but they're going to come up. We've had some snow in that region, the snow melt and the rapid snow melt because of the warmer temperatures coming up. and precipitation combined, we're going to raise those river levels up on us. And then the continuation of storms coming into that area increases the risk of flooding uh, in the lower Ohio Valley, especially Western Tennessee Valley, and then getting into parts of the mid-Mississippi Valley. The severe weather threat in that same area, um, induced by the, the fact that the La Nina is still moderate stage, Although really? Water, it's still that strong right now? It, it's still strong. It's a little longer than we thought from maybe right. back in October, November. And so you still got a lot of upper-level support, strong winds aloft with the jet stream. And this change to warmer temperatures in late February, March, you got two big ingredients there to set up for some big storms. And so the cold fronts that come in to that region still will now have a lot to work with. And I do feel that that part of the country, again, will be undergone. We've seen this similar over and over times, uh, you know, a lot more severe weather in that part of the country. And it, it does look like it's going to, the only thing that's kind of against it right now is that, that all that cold weather did cool off the waters again, a little bit in the Gulf of Mexico okay, and also the Western Atlantic, the extreme Western Atlantic uh, near the coastal regions. But that can turn around Dean very quickly. You don't have to go too far to the West where you transition from where we're probably going to have an overabundance of moisture going into the spring, and then you're seeing drought conditions grow through yeah. central Texas up through western Oklahoma and then the uh, western side of Kansas up into the 
just the southwest corner of Nebraska, but eastern Colorado, too. I mean, that's uh, uh, interesting that that close you can have so such a different situation based on where we are right now. Yeah, and especially if the winds are out of the westerly with fronts coming down on the northwest flow, you know, you're not going to get a lot of precipitation in those areas. It just the fronts don't activate until they get farther east. And so you continue to get a, a higher sun angle, drying out that soil, missing out each time on fronts. That's going to cause a problem. And that's the problem we're looking at here going into the spring season. And farmers are not liking that planting of uh, corn and and cotton in those general areas could be a, can be an issue. Uh, when, when do you do it? You know, when are you going to get those periods of precipitation? They may not come until after the spring season. That's not going to be good for that situation with, uh, and everything else we have economically, we have to keep an eye on that. And then you go West of that towards the four corners, mainly dry, warmer than average. I mean, you're already hearing the stories about how warm it is out West right now. In fact, uh, it'll feel summer-like and, if uh, folks are heading to the Super Bowl this weekend, especially from other parts of the country that have been so cold, they may be in for a, a big uh, shock in the way it feels. So um, that warmth is going to continue to be prevalent through the spring in the southwest part of the United States. Um, going to get wet again, more so, more intense stuff as you go from northern California up into the Pacific Northwest coastline, it's going to pick up again, Paul, here in the next couple of weeks, it looks like. Yeah, the, the upper high that's been giving them such you know long period of dry weather, the big lull after the big wet season in December. In fact, I just looked at precipitation anomalies in Northern California for December and January. Would you believe they're below normal and by several really? inches in like Redding after <laughs> that what they went hard. through? Thinking about that, that would be hard to believe right now. Uh, it's it's amazing. Right. And uh that upper high that just took over is going to shift farther west and will start getting to a little stormier pattern. Um, it does still look like it could be a few storms, even at the tail end of the wet season, even just surpassing that a little bit in California. But it's um, unbelievable that we talked about severe weather in December in the middle of the country. And now we're already Santa Ana winds are, have been blowing and disrupting things in California now. Wow. And even the risk of maybe even a few fires breaking out here this week. So the the weather, the calendar is all messed up. Dean. It's just all messed up. Things are doing whatever they want to do at any time, it seems like. And that's what's going on in California right now. We do expect a little rain, though, to get back in to the picture in Northern California and Northwest. Though. Right. Maybe Northern mixed with some mountain snow, too, and which mm-hmm. would help them and certainly help the water table out there. Um, you know, the, the thing that you have shaded across, uh, as I look at the general map of our spring forecast, talking with our lead uh, long range forecaster, Paul Pastelock here on everything under the sun, as we kind of get a preview of our, well, this is our spring forecast, a preview of spring for you, but late spring arrival is what you have coded there, Idaho over to the Dakotas and Northern parts of Minnesota. And that just tells me that that cold air keeps pushing down here as we go through the early part, middle part of spring and may not be terribly active there in terms of storminess, but it's just going to, that cold air is just not going to, not going to be abated here uh, in those areas for the next several weeks. Now, if, if you're folks that are listening to this in Montana and Idaho and Wyoming, you're saying, well, that's, there's nothing uncommon about that. Typically we get snow in the spring season across that area and it takes time for the cold air to retreat. But for other people across the country, seeing that, then they understand that, hey, it looks like 
it's going to stay cold. If I'm traveling up in that region during the spring, it's, it, there's still going to be a risk for snow and cold up across that area. So that's, that's the reason why we have that on the map. But I know the right. folks up there, it's not uncommon, but it does look like this year, it's going to be slow uh, to retreat, even in, for Canada as well. Paul, those are some of the big ticket items. Um, I'm just gleaning through the article, a couple of things. Um, I, I picked this out. Uh, higher than normal risk of ice jams and flooding, particularly across the Midwest, as we get later through this month of February and March. I thought it was pretty interesting um, over the course of the last week or so, you know, when we had the intense cold and then that brief little warm up and it got cold again, we saw some ice jam flooding pop up really quickly in parts of Michigan and down through Western Pennsylvania. And so this is a theme that I think we're going to see, especially as we've been so locked into cold and that iciness has built up in so many places. And we're going to start to see these warmer temperatures. So that to me explains that risk. Am I getting that right? Yeah. And the thing is, is, when we made this spring forecast, we try to time out the warming surges that would come in in late February. When we said late February for the more concern for the ice jams, we got a little brief surge here just recently ahead of these cold fronts. And it's done enough to start the ball rolling already. Right, and we're right. seeing it popping up here and there. And they're very hard to forecast well in advance, but they're happening. It's already starting. And uh, and now with this mild weather and the, and the amount of ice and snow that we've seen recently and the cold that we saw in January, I think you're going to have more of those kind of problems in the Ohio Valley, the Midwest and Great Lakes region. Western uh, PA forward. up into uh, the yes. nooks and crannies in New York and interior mm-hmm. parts of New England where, yeah, we're going to start to see the warm air starting to erode some of this uh, really intense ice and snowpack that's uh, you know, not deep by, uh, you know, Western uh, United States standards, but enough. I mean, I still here on this Wednesday have a decent uh, inch or two of ice and sleet that's still on 90% of my lawn. So it's uh, it's still locked in. Um, the other thing would be then how about the tropical situation? Uh, I know we've been looking at starting the hurricane season earlier. They've been considering that, um, you know, typically it's been Memorial Day, but a lot of thought about moving up the official start to May 15th based on climate of late. Is that going to be early enough? Do we maybe see some possible tropical development even earlier than that situation this coming spring? Well, since 2015, we've had a storm before June 1st in the Atlantic Basin um, each year. So the odds are that in favor that there will be a named storm, whether it's near the coast or not, the U.S. coast or not. It's hard to say at this point. It's too far out. There's a couple of things that we're watching here. The, the temperatures are going to end up being warmer, even though they've dropped uh, because of the cold weather pattern that we had in January, start of February, they will recover quite quickly. And they're still warm off the New England coast and also down across uh, Florida, around Florida a little bit too, as well. The other thing too, is you have a La Nina still going on. Okay. And it's lagging. That kind of decreases the upper levels, shear wind, shearing winds that take place in the Gulf and the Southeast Atlantic. So that allows easier development for storms, especially early on in the season, uh, to get going. So uh, they got two things for you. The only thing that's not for you is there's a correlation that we've done some research through other you know, some papers that have been published. The temperatures really turned around in the uh, uh, the area southeast of Hawaii to the Baja. They warmed up considerably since early in the winter, and it. The correlation is in April, if that area is warmer than normal, then there's more substance, higher pressure over the Gulf 
and southeast, which would limit the chances of something developing early in late late spring or early summer uh, for development of tropical systems. They'd be farther out over right. the open Atlantic. Hmm. So it's kind of still early, Dean. Uh, Dan Kalowski and I are still working on the tropical forecast to determine whether or not we're going to have an early season th- system. But the warm water is still there, available. Uh, it's just the pattern. The pattern may be higher pressure, which would deter the chances of something you know going early this year. Maybe we break the streak. I don't know. But that's for the right. entire Atlantic Basin that we've seen a storm before June 1st. Um, that doesn't mean just the coastal areas. Sounds to me kind of maybe not to the extreme. You told us when we started the winter forecast situation that we'd have to keep checking in. But I think, uh, is this going to be worth a mid uh, spring check in or at least uh, in a couple of weeks to see where we are? Um, I think uh, because of the volatility, especially that uh, it, it, in some areas, some of these things that we're highlighting may actually be worse <laughs> than we think uh, with the flooding and the severe weather potential in the middle of the country there. Well, it may not be warm enough temperature-wise, first of all. We have plus three for March in a large area of the middle of the country right now, and it may be much warmer than that overall. And that will just fuel the fire for more severe weather than we're having. We try to play it up more than what I'm hearing, uh, although there's been some other people that I've heard on Twitter uh, you know, playing up March as well compared to normal. I think the others are catching on and and seeing that this could be a pretty active March. Um, there's going to be some big contrast set up. And to hit them all that far in advance is tough, but I think we're in the right direction. We've been hitting a lot here. Thanks to you and your team, the long-range team at AccuWeather and AccuWeather.com. Paul, thanks for uh, leading that up. And thanks for being with us. Always great information here on Everything Under the Sun. Yeah, thanks, Dean, for having me. Friends, we have a link to that uh, spring forecast from AccuWeather.com in our notes section here on the podcast on your podcast player and uh, certainly you can follow along with the long range teams forecast that are part of uh, stories that focus just on their forecasting itself or where their forecast plays into other stories you can certainly read that on accuweather.com and watch our accuweather network to get the latest from our accuweather long range forecasting team doing such a great job we're going to stop down take a break and when we come back i know a lot of folks including myself have had a little problem here or there with some of the winter weather especially with a lot of freeze thaw here the last week or so and that's going to be an issue going forward winter weather damage sometimes is harder to uncover when you're looking at insurance for that situation and we're getting ready for spring which brings in a whole new dynamic in terms of damage that it can be occurred from the weather so how to think about that in terms of insurance is our next focus when we come back after this break on Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Plan your day with confidence and find out what the weather means for you. Join AccuWeather meteorologist Bernie Reno Monday through Friday for Weather Insider. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. You know, we've been uh, kind of inundated by a lot of uh, winter storms here, and they've taken different shapes and forms. Uh, The big northeastern blizzard, and then, of course, that long-duration storm just a week or so ago up through the mid uh, part of the country and into the northeast, a lot of snow and ice. And so damage and problems with people's homes has certainly been something we've been hearing about with claims up and... Certainly, this time of year poses problems in terms of finding out and making sure that you have the damage that has occurred because of this winter storm that we've been under 
uh, assessed properly. And sometimes you don't assess them till well after the storm itself. So we thought we'd get some information to you from an expert. His name is Dr. Ian Jamanko. He is with the Insurance Institute for Business and Home Safety. He has a track record of trying to help both the industry, the insurance industry, and the consumer know how to navigate storminess when it comes to insurance claims. And we've got some great information for you about winter stuff and also as we get ready for spring. We welcome Ian Jamanko to Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. All right, Ian, it's uh, good to have you with us here on Everything Under the Sun. As uh, we talked about in the setup, that this has uh, been a really traumatic winter couple of weeks, all the way, well, it first started with the big blizzard system up into the Northeast, a bad ice situation, and then a snow and ice situation that just really hit the Great Lakes Midwest and then back up into the Northeast again. So a lot of folks reeling right now with winter damage and, uh, you know, I was thinking that, you know, in this premise, uh, one of the things going forward is uh, real quick. This is a time of the year. I think you got to be careful because it's hard sometimes when we're under such the deep freeze to detect some of the damage that is done in these scenarios uh, for winter storms. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, some of the things like any of that plumbing that happens to be kind of on the external portion of your home, whether it's just a hose a hose bib, a spigot outside that might have a cracked washer in it, those kinds of things. It's going to be hard to see that stuff until things thaw out and you can actually look to see, oh, oh, I've got water dripping or my yard's pretty muddy here now and it's been dry and sunny. Something, Something's going on or I might have a cracked pipe. Uh, even to the point of interior water leaks that might be just slow leaks that you might not notice immediately. And it takes until your floor or your baseboard start warping when things get a little warmer um, to notice those problems. And that's that's the things right now. It, it's always a good time to just start taking some walks around your house, kind of keeping an eye out for uh, some of those hidden forms of damage that that might rear their head. Because we've been dealing with this cold now for you know in the eastern third of the country for al- almost three four weeks now. Exactly, and and then the also the other thing is we've had some little warm-ups and some sudden, you know, like ahead of that last ice storm, New York City in the morning was in the upper 50s. I remember that. And we've seen that. We're going to see another situation like that surging into the mid-upper 50s along the eastern seaboard as we get into this coming weekend before another Arctic blast comes in and could spin up a storm along the on the coast that we're kind of keeping an eye on just how that all comes together. But, you know, I sit here now that I've been working from home again for the better part of the last two years, obviously with the pandemic. And I hear things in my house uh, in the quiet of the middle of the night as I'm preparing for my early morning this time of year, that doesn't sound so great. A lot of cracking, a lot of pops. I mean, I go out the next morning and or in the daylight and I see, Oh, it was some ice sliding off, but this is a, when you get this freeze thaw situation, this is, this is problematic, not only for the things on your property or in your house, but maybe, the infrastructure near and around your house that you got to keep an eye on. It, yeah, let, you know, we can start with the house. When, when you go through these kind of deep freeze and a bit of thaw cycles, there's where if you have ice that's built up on your roof, especially in your gutters, if your gutters weren't cleaned out well, you can run into a situation uh, called an ice dam where essentially the, the ice that's stuck at the edge of your roof can let water essentially just build up and it can actually get underneath your shingles. And, and that's a way that water can actually enter your home and your attic space and ultimately you know, cause a legit leak. 
uh, down onto your ceiling. You might not notice it until you start seeing the stain up on your drywall on the ceiling. Wow. Uh, so there's a time one, it, if things are thawed out and you can make sure your gutters are clean so you don't pile up water that can freeze right there. Then you have to deal with these you know, freeze thaw cycles and, and the potential for some water damage. But it's not a bad idea to poke your head up in your attic if you can and take a look. If it would take a flashlight up there, just look down toward the edges uh, the eaves of your roof and see if you notice a little staining on the the plywood decking. That could be a sign that you might've had some water entry might not, might not have been enough to, to start dripping down onto your ceiling, but it would be something that, that caused some notice. And then you want to have a roofer come out and take a look. Um, you might just have aged shingles and water has been able to get underneath them. And then uh, might find that you, you have to have a new roof. But again, uh, on the infrastructure outside, you know, pipes and things, it's hard to notice if, if even if they weren't buried deep enough and they've frozen, we're not going to notice until we start seeing that consistent wet spot in the same place over and over again. Uh, I actually had this happen in, in my house. Right. Uh, I didn't cover one outdoor spigot. And sure enough, the, the small washer, uh, it's been cold enough here in the Charlotte Metro. Uh, the little washer that's on the plunger valve cracked and mm-hmm. it was dripping. And I was like, why, why is it so wet over here? So I took the hose off and realized that it was actually you know, it filled with water and it was because right. it, it was just a bit old and the washer was already getting brittle and you throw in two weeks of cold, especially down here in the South. Um, and sure enough, that was, uh, I was like, I got to practice what I preach and, and cover that one up. Um, well, you also have to be careful too, as we head, you know, we're starting solar spring now we're, uh, sun angles coming up and, uh, we just had our lead long range forecaster, Paul Pasolak on and, he talked about, you know, it looks like there's going to be increasing surges of this warm air now as we get to the end of winter, early spring, with a caveat that there might be another kind of, we call it rubber band snap back in maybe late March, early April. I know I made that uh, mistake a couple of years ago where we had some really warm February and I had the hose out and I wasn't thinking and I left it out and we had this almost two week. Uh, just cold snap in April. The temperatures were for several days below freezing. And I did that same thing. I blew out my spigot and that the pipe going into it. And, you know, it just, you got to keep on your toes with this stuff, especially with the volatility that the weather is looking to give a lot of the country here over the next couple of weeks, couple of months. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. For, and for those folks who have sprinkler systems, that, that point in particular where you winterize it and try to drain the pipes, um, so they don't freeze. That's really important to keep an eye on the forecast. If you decide, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to crank them up, you know, in March, cause it's warmed up. I want to test everything out. And then we get another dose of Arctic air. Just remember, you may need to drain those again, cause you run that risk of cracking, um, that PVC that, that that's buried. And, and sometimes it's buried deep enough that you don't have to worry so much. Uh, but you get a good, a good week or two of Arctic air and, um, Ground temperatures will 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 get down to the point where you have some concerns, uh, and that's the same thing. Like I, I thinking about it, I felt really, really like I should have known what was coming as a meteorologist and working and uh, trying to me, help brother. others um, I, prepare I their homes. There. I've been there so many times, you know, like the old doctor healed thyself. You know, you you know, you do dumb things because sometimes you're caught up. Well, I'm caught up in the weather in eight different places every morning, and so. Sometimes I'm I'm thinking the least about the place that I'm in, but yeah, you you feel a little guilt on that, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking with uh, Dr. Ian Jamanko. He is uh, senior director for product design and lead research meteorologist for the Insurance Institute for Business and Home Safety. 
Ian, give me a thumbnail on what that organization does. Um, is it just serving the insurance companies of the country or is it more for the consumer who's trying to get insurance for their home or their business? So I've got a, a really good analogy. So think of the uh, Insurance Institute for Highway Safety that crash tests cars. Well, we crash test buildings uh, and building materials against severe weather. That's what we do. Uh, our goal is really uh, not only to inform the insurance industry, this is their investment in essentially the resilience movement, but to, to help all of us stop the cycle of damage, disruption, and displacement that often follows with severe weather. We watch it over and over again. And we're sitting here talking about winter weather that is kind of an, un, you know, we don't think of that as in particular as damaging, no. but it can be just as bad as a wind-driven rain hurricane event. Uh, and then we think, you know, working our way up the scales to, to big windstorms, derechos, tornadoes, uh, and it, even into the wildfire space. And that's what we're here to do, uh, to try to find what are the solutions, the practical solutions for our homes and businesses uh, to stop that cycle. I think part of the problem, too, as a condo owner, uh, a split level, you know, when I used to work on stuff at home with my dad, who was pretty handy, I mean, it was pretty simple stuff, bricks, mortar, uh, wood. Now we got interesting things. I mean, siding, EFIS, all this kind of stuff that, you know, you, you may not necessarily be really sure how to handle. And then you're not sure maybe how you should mitigate the potential for damage from storms and stuff. And then once you have the damage, you're not sure how to deal with it. So these are the kinds of things that you guys are talking about to people and how to how to look at that and look at all those different kinds of building materials and what people should be thinking about before, during, and after these situations. Yeah, that, that's right. You know, we work in the building codes arena too, taking science and turning it into codes to help and really new construction. And then, and then the larger kind of retrofits where, where things are required by code. So that's one aspect. The second is informing contractors. Uh, about what are the newest techniques, the best techniques, the current state of science. Uh, we have an enhanced building code program. It's called the Fortified uh, Program. It, it covers both homes, commercial, and multifamily construction now. That's our latest uh, standard that just came out uh, within the last couple of months. Um, and it's a it's an enhanced building code that, that can let you design a home. The Fortified Roof Program is actually a great one for retrofits if you're, you're in the in the process of putting on a new roof, that's actually a great opportunity. By the way, uh, if you want to get a better, stronger roof, especially for those living right in the middle of the country that deal with thunderstorms, tornadoes, as well as mm -hmm. hurricane-prone coastline, uh, and then the the practical steps a homeowner can take. And yes, construction is getting a lot more complicated, and, and right now <laughs> extremely expensive. It is very expensive yeah. with with all our supply chain issues. Um, but we have a series of ready guides that are some of those steps for homeowners to look at. And, and for us, you know, we just want to encourage people to start thinking about it and take some of those initial steps, like even just the fact of taking your cell phone out and going and taking a home inventory, all your stuff. Usually once you get started into the, I'm going to take some steps to make my home more safe for weather, you usually continue. Social science has actually shown that. So we just ask people, think about it and start taking those steps. Um, and when you get ready, I uh, want to do a big project like a re-roof. It's a great time to do some of those really good retrofits. Um, my, my parents in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, actually put on a, a roof to the fortified standard a couple of years ago. And my, uh, my, my 70, 70 plus year old mom, I'd never seen her more proud of her roof, uh, than, <laughs> than after they finished it. So, uh, good for them. They've been through a handful of hurricanes and, uh, wow. just wanted, it was time and, and decided to take that next step. 
I have family in Biloxi, so I know uh, I know exactly what uh, they've been going through. You know, Ian, uh, those words are are never truer because we we just talked to Paul on our radar for the spring forecast is an early start, and it looks like a very bad situation with repeated severe thunderstorms and flooding for the middle of the country, right along that uh, Mississippi River corridor and and that area of the country. So, you know, we'll transition quickly from winter weather problems to spring weather problems, just some things quickly to think about for folks in areas that are going to get repeated hits from severe weather and some flooding, some things that can start thinking about now to prepare. Now now is the time to start taking a couple of those, those early steps. And if you need have a big project going like a re-roof, uh, now's the time to really consider it so you can get it put on, get those singles well sealed uh, heading into the spring. But some things you can do around your home, I mentioned a home inventory, take your phone out, walk around, make sure you take pictures of all your valuables, your TV, your wash dry, all the stuff. It'll help the claims process go um, much smoother if you have all that documentation just in hand. I We encourage folks to do it on an annual basis, regardless of whatever severe weather peril you face. Just have it in your phone. We've all got that that nice camera on our cell phone, and chances are you might even store those images in the cloud somewhere. Yep. So you got it handy. Um, the next one is your safe place. Know where to go, whether that's an interior room, closet, bathroom, or your basement, or if you have an in-home storm shelter. Make sure that place is ready to go. For for me, it's under a closet under my stairs. I get it cleaned out, make sure um, I got head protection for my four-year-old. I know how to get the dogs in there. It's cleaned out. And I've got a battery flashlight and a weather radio in there, uh, battery radio. Just throw it in there with them so you're ready to go. Outside now is, you know, is we're kind of dealing with the tail end of winter and it kind of fits into winter weather as well as fear weather. Take a look at limbs and things that may overhang your house on your trees uh, take those steps, get, get somebody out to trim those. Cause even if we have a bad late season ice storm where we got leaves on trees or a severe wind event, tornado, something like that, those limbs can easily damage your roof. And that's a step you can take now to prevent that. I had a couple of trees trimmed the last couple of years. Um, just take a walk around and look for those kinds of things. Um, and I always encourage folks, see what all your outdoor stuff is and how long it takes to move it either inside or into your garage or up against the house. Um, I had a friend from Monroe, Louisiana, send me a picture a couple of years ago when they had a severe event in the, the Monroe tornado day. He had tucked all his outdoor furniture up next to his house and actually ratchet strapped. And he told me I couldn't bring it in, but I got it close to the house and I tried to tie it down. I was like, man, thank that made me feel yep. good. You took a step to take some action. And, and kept that stuff like trash cans, even his trampoline, he flipped it over, ratchet strapped it down so it didn't go flying, especially into your neighbor's house. You don't want to be the cause damage, not only to your own house, but your neighbors as well. Yeah, we have an outdoor deck and I have two plans. I have the, oh my gosh, I didn't realize it was going to be this bad. What do I do first plan? And then I have the, oh, I know it's coming plan and get a little bit of extra time and actually move stuff into the garage. But Ian, this has been awesome and fascinating. And I don't think we can't not have you again uh, down the future in the road as we get into more severe weather season, maybe then even tropical season as we start preparing for that. Uh, really good stuff. Thanks for all you do and all the Insurance Institute for Business and Home Safety does. And thanks for being with me on Everything Under the Sun. Yeah, thank you, Dean. I'd love to come back sometime. 
Again, down in the notes section, you're going to find a couple of really uh, great guides. So it's the Winter Weather Ready Guide and the Thunderstorm Ready Guide from our friends at Insurance Institute for Business and Home Safety. You can follow them on Twitter and Instagram. That handle is Disaster Safety. Disaster Safety, all one word. You can follow Ian on Twitter. It's I-G-I-A-M-M-A-N-C-O 33. I, Giamanco, 33. Again, the links and uh, copies of that are down in the notes section. Thanks again to the Insurance Institute of Business and Home Safety, and we look forward to having them on again in a future episode to talk more about these key issues. We look forward to talking with Bill Dagger. He hasn't been around everything under the sun for a few weeks, even a month. We'll get his take on the weather for the upcoming weekend and week beyond. When we return, this is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Whether you're at home getting ready for work, packing the kids' lunch, or commuting, listen to AccuWeather Daily. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and you'll get the top trending weather story of the day every day. Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com as we finish up our episode with a few minutes looking at the weather for the upcoming weekend and week beyond and joined by AccuWeather meteorologist Bill Dager. You haven't been with us for a while, Bill. It's been a good uh, couple of months, but uh, wow, this has been amazing, this weather. And we talked about a little bit with Paul in our opening segment and looking at the spring forecast. Just talked to a, a gentleman about insurance and and the winter storm damage that a lot of people are still trying to or continuing to uncover here as we thaw out of this. But, you know, you look at all the heat that's been building out West as we get into the uh, Super Bowl game on, on Sunday, we're talking about uh, near record temperatures for that event itself. The folks in the Southern California are under heat advisories through Sunday. We've had a warm up of our own up into the Northeast in the great lakes, a first surge of, some really decent warmth. In fact, uh, Saturday in New York City could be around 60 degrees. First time back since uh, mid-December. So this is going to be, I think, our new pattern, Bill, here over the next uh, few weeks, it looks like, where we're going to see these surges of warmth really starting to win. And then there's going to be opposite and equal reactions of some big cold pushes. And one of those is going to be interesting to watch what it does here as we go into the weekend. We're still trying as this podcast drops out midday on Friday, sorting out this uh, situation for the weekend along the coast. So lots of interesting stuff, a lot of volatility in the weather, especially temperature driven. Yeah. Welcome to almost the beginning of spring. You get into February and March and you look at a five-day forecast, you can have pretty much everything in that forecast. I know I was talking in New York City about how they're going to go from 60 to probably accumulating snow in the span of just 24 hours. And you're right. Out west, they've been uh, baking with uh, unseasonable warmth there. San Francisco had its warmest winter day on record on Thursday. Wow. That warmth gets squashed out there. It has to go somewhere. It's going to go east uh, as we head into the new week. And, you know, so we have this scenario this week. And if you're up along the eastern seaboard, I-95 corridor, and really, I think the coastal area is the way this kind of figures out, uh, right? Maybe just inside the 95 corridor, I have the better chance to see some of the steadiest accumulating snow, especially on Sunday morning. And then you go up to Boston and New England, maybe into midday and afternoon on Sunday. I'm uh, probably going to run out of moisture inland. But, 
know, we get this deep dive of cold air and you're right that hot air that's out West may make a, a bigger return as we get middle to end of next week. In fact, we were already, I see playing over under game. Does Philadelphia get to near 70 on Thursday? Does New York city surge right back up to 60 to 65 this upcoming Thursday? It's uh, going to be uh, a big turnaround again during the middle of the upcoming week. Yeah, I mean, we're making it into the 60s here to close out the week in parts of the Mid-Atlantic. And this next stair mass moving in the middle of next week looks even more impressive. So, yeah, 70 seems like a lock in a lot of places in the central and southern Mid-Atlantic. And, you know, of course, there's a there's going to be a battle zone in between a, a very large storm system taking shape east of the Rockies and the Plains and Midwest beginning Wednesday, right through Thursday and Friday, lots of heavy rain, some snow and blizzard conditions, maybe on the Western side in the Plains and maybe our first bout of uh, severe weather in quite a while in parts of the Southeast. Well, that's a theme that uh, certainly we heard from Paul was that the uh, central part of the country is going to get an early introduction to spring severe weather. And and we start to think about flooding concerns too, Bill, in those places uh, along that Mississippi stem where you know, we're going to start to see the snow melt and you start getting some of these repeated rain events on top of it. It could be quite messy. So, well, my friend, that that really does. I mean, a lot of uh, volatility. If you're in a place, you know, like the weather right now, just wait a couple of days and it'll be <laughs> dramatically different yep. again. And then just wait a couple of more days and it does that as well. No time like the present and to keep up to date with the weather on your AccuWeather app, which uh, I know we have uh, the folks that are watching golf. I, I think you and I, do you want to go to Phoenix this weekend and watch uh, yeah, 70,000 party I, with that waste management <laughs> Phoenix Open, I, WM Phoenix Open. I temperatures really in the there. 70s. I think yeah, I'll take that. I would too, my friend. Thanks for joining us, Bill, with our look at the weather for the weekend ahead and the week beyond here on Everything Under the Sun. Thanks for having me. Friends, that wraps up episode 10 of Everything Under the Sun, and uh, we hope that you join us again. Remember, if you have a question or a comment, you can email us at podcast at AccuWeather.com, podcast at AccuWeather.com, and you can get an informational email to us or a question or a comment. We are happy to hear from you, and we're happy to certainly commemorate Black History Month over the next couple of weeks when we come together again next Friday and the Friday beyond here on Everything Under the Sun. And anywhere, really, the weather meets your life. You come for the weather, you stay for your life here on Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Thanks to our guests. Thanks to our executive producers, Ken Prell and Andrew Robb, for all the work they do behind the scenes. And thanks to our hundreds of team members across the world who work hard every day to weatherproof your life on our app, on our AccuWeather.com website, on our AccuWeather network, our AccuWeather Now broadcast, and with all our great media partners. I'm your host, Dean DeVore. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review Everything Under the Sun on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And of course, if you have an idea for a future podcast, just email us at accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm -hmm. 